filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. Guys, I'm, I'm applying to uh, cover the women's national team game in Philly. This is the one that was going to be in D.C. and then mysteriously is not in D.C., is instead in Philly. So I'm going through the credential process. Yeah, it's not great. I would rather not have to drive like two and a half hours to Philly. Um, so, I'm, you know, U.S. soccer's credential process is more involved than most. Um, so I'm filling out all the stuff and you get to the end where you're supposed to upload a photo for them to put on your um, credential. And I have a photo that I've used for credentials this year. I took it like in January, I think. Um, so I have a photo. It's supposed to be like passport style, quote unquote. Um, so it, it meets all those qualifications. It's just a, a very like neutral expression, standing with a white background photo. Um, now in the past, U.S. soccer had a program that was like an algorithm that would basically it was designed to tell you like, Hey, your, your photo is not going to be useful. Like you got to go pick a different photo. Um, so I was prepared for that, for it to, to analyze the photo and say like your photos allowed, like one of those. And so it goes to that process. Yeah. Can I, can I, can I, can I place, can I place a guess right here? Okay. What's your guess? Tiny head, tiny head. No. No, that, okay. that would probably Continue. never be a problem if I'm being perfectly honest. My head is <laughs> no, just like algorithmically. It chunk, it would have oh, oh, you're saying down. I got a, a shrunken head via algorithm? Yes, on the, okay, on, the that, on the credential. That's not what happened. It would be pretty funny though. Um, okay. If it, and if it was only only me and everyone else's head was completely normal, then <laughs> yes. it would be funny. It stands a level. Right, right. Um, but no, uh, so it processes the photo and it brings up the, the screen where you're allowed to crop the image just in case you need to do that. Um, but it also has a thing at the top that says nine out of ten. And then to the left of that, it says looking good. Um, and what they're trying to tell you is that you put a good photo in for the purposes of it printing onto their thing. But what is obviously happening is that the algorithm has looked at your photo and he's like, nine out of 10, looking good. Um, <laughs> and so I think I got hit on by the algorithm that U.S. soccer uses to uh, de- deny or approve your photo for a credential. So it must be a good photo um, or the I algorithm mean, thinks everyone's pretty good. I don't know. So I, I, I guess like your did. confidence is higher now or uh, – I think mostly I'm just confused. Uh, I was not expecting. If it had said nine out of ten, I think I j- I would have moved past that. But the fact that in bigger letters it said "looking good," not "looking," but "looking" with an apostrophe. Um, I mean, Jason, looking just good. some days you're nine out of ten looking good. Yeah, I guess so. I just I just have to accept that that's how it is for me. Uh, See, now, at least in the eyes of algorithms. This is the eyes. this is the credentialing algorithm for the women's national team. I have to assume the algorithm for the men's national team would have negged you. I mean, would have, yeah, maybe would have said something uh, like vaguely insulting. Yeah, it could be uh, that the the vibe is different, and therefore maybe uh, people are 
saltier about everything and and a little more tense just in general maybe in a in a few weeks the algorithm would be much more friendly but right now is they're just not capable of a of a small talk and and friendly you know a little confidence boost they're not into it because they've got so much to worry about oh see our algorithms full of worries um i I was uh, going for more just malice on the part of the usmnt do do algorithms dream of electric victories Hey, hey, welcome in. This is Filibuster, the Black and Red United and Anthropomorphized Algorithms podcast. I am Adam Taylor. They are Ben Bromley and Jason Anderson. We are all from blackandredunited.com, where we cover DC United and several other soccer teams in this region and country. Uh, This podcast, of course, is about DC United, and uh, we've got, unfortunately, a two-to-one loss against Toronto to talk about in this episode. But check back later in the week because we uh, already have recorded a conversation with MLSsoccer.com's armchair analyst, Matt Doyle, who came back to the show to have a drink with us and talk about the MLS Eastern Conference. If you are a Patreon supporter of this here show, patreon.com slash filibuster, if you're interested in joining those ranks, uh, you have access to that episode right now, as soon as this episode drops. So check that out if you are a financial backer of ours. And if not, then think about making that choice so that you can get early access to episodes like that and our weekly preview episodes. Um, Before we get into this loss in the Great White North, Ben, what are you drinking? I am drinking. I got some Gosling's uh, dark rum, so I decided to do what one does and make a dark and stormy. Nice. Very good. Yep, it's getting into like the beginning of dark and stormy weather season. Ben, ben can I ask? Because um, I was at like between the two segments, the one that we're doing right now and the one that Adam just mentioned, I've been at the grocery store. And one thing I noticed as I was like half jogging through the store to get done and get back here was that Gosling's uh, ginger beer was on sale. Um, is that a factor in your decision or was this just because you have the rum? Um, it, that was not a factor because okay. I uh, picked it up at a place. I picked up the the Gosling's at the ABC store, which was not running a sale. Ah. It was running a, hey, this is convenient for you. Pay us yep. double kind <laughs> of uh, uh, racket. Well, that's that's how it works. Uh, sometimes you yeah. get caught up in a racket. Uh, I, I too have a seasonally appropriate or beginning of, of seasonally appropriate drink. I, I've got some gin, some sweet vermouth, and a, a bitter aperitivo in a glass with some ice. And I made myself an all DC Negroni here. Um, nice. Green hat and then Capitoline Rosé and Capitoline Tiber. It's a, it's a nice little drink. Love a good Negroni. Spritz some orange oil on the top. Did, I... did you spritz some orange oil on it? I did. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying did just you... in general. The end. Well, or I, I thought he was saying you express an orange peel, but I, I happen to have a little tiny spritz bottle of orange oil, and I'm like, I don't need to cut into an orange for this. I can spritz the orange oil. I, I really thought that. I really thought that Adam was saying that it, that he had someone come over and spritz his drink for him, which made me imagine like one of his children or something like that coming over or, with the little spritzer. Or just a person who wanders DC and can be hired to come in and spritz y- your drink. Ben Olsen whatever, comes. Whatever oils. 
if it was Ben Olsen, I absolutely would love for, for him to come just <laughs> spritz orange oil on my drink. All right, dude, have a good night. <laughs> he walks out. Be a little puzzling. Um, I feel I'm like he's got it. other things going on. Uh, yeah, he doesn't even live close to downtown anymore, so like mm. that would be really inconvenient for him. Right. Especially since he you know has to work out in Loudoun uh, yep. more now. Yep. Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, I also have a a, a, a hopeful season beverage, uh, I guess is the way to put it. Uh, I have a Naptown Lager by Atlas Brewing from D.C. Um, I am drinking it in part because I have multiple different kinds of beer. The reason I am drinking this is, is partially because I had spicy food for dinner, but partially because I am down to my one and only. I'm showing you guys. It's one of those like Stella glasses. It came in like yes, a promo. It's the only clean glass I have that is even remotely appropriate to drink beer out of. Um, <laughs> I was in like Collins glass or like coffee mug territory because I yeah, did not run the washer earlier. You didn't, you didn't want to drink that beer uh, out of three separate coffee cups? I mean, I could have. I have plenty of clean coffee cups. Um, but no, I, I could have gone another way. I've got multiple beers. I've got alcohols. But this was the one and only glass I had that was even a, sort of appropriate. So I chose this beer. as re- It's actually, it's it's called a lager. It's really a Pilsner. Um, it's pretty good, but it is definitely more Pilsner than uh, a lager. If you're expecting like a Sam Adams clone or something, that's not what you're going to get here. Well, DC Natty got on the board early in Toronto on Saturday afternoon, but couldn't make it stand up, dropping a 2-1 result at BMO Field to Bob Bradley's TFC. The loss drops the black and red to seventh in MLS's Eastern Conference. Uh, They've taken six points from four games. Lost two in a row now, though. Um, United did really start the game very brightly. I thought Ola Kamara was in on goal behind the defense inside of 25 seconds. Russell Knauss headed in a Nigel Roberta cross. I did not get that order mixed up. It was Nigel Roberta sending the cross. Russell Knauss heading it home, uh, completely unmarked in the box um, in, in like the 11th minute. Um, Knauss, of course, in his first action of 2022 there, uh, coming off a groin injury. Um, they, they looked good to start this game and unfortunately couldn't make it stick. Yeah, if you look at, um, you know, if you want to look at the data, like this isn't just an eye test thing. The the data DC in the first 15 minutes of the game had over, I think, over 0.6 expected goals. Um, Knauss's goal wasn't even the biggest chance that they created um, in that spell. TFC had very little uh, in response. Um, I think they really only had like two two shots of any kind, and one of them was low percentage. One of them wasn't much better. Um, so yeah, the first 15, and I would even say 20 minutes of the game, DC was quite good. If we see, I will say this, if we see that on a regular basis for a more consistent 90 minutes, the team's going to be fine. Um, they might not be contenders, but they'll be pretty good. They'll be better than they were last year uh, if you average out the entire season. Um, it's just that after that period ended, TFC started to solve DC a little bit. DC started to drop off a little bit. Um, and all of a sudden in the midst of that little moment you're having DC gives up this corner kick goal. That is like, I not even sure I would call it defending a corner kick as so much as being present in the box as the corner kick arrives. <laughs> um, 
And I felt, from so, that, I felt so bad for Sophia and Jafal on, on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Not um, just his fault, of course, but I no, felt bad for him. He that, took it badly. That's a goal that you have to shut down at the near post um, more than yeah. anything else. Um, and you shouldn't, DC should not be getting beaten to the near post by Michael Bradley at this point because he's not fast. Um, that's a that's a, a header that you win if you're quick rather than being a big aerial target. Um, the fact that he got there first means that he didn't, you know, it's one thing if you get beaten to the spot by someone who is more athletic than you. But like at this point in Bradley's career, he's just not mobile. Um, so getting him getting beaten to the, or him beating people to that spot is a major frustration. And then after that, you know, Pozuelo is, you know, he gets away from Jafal pretty easily. I know that Julian Gressel did appear to get just completely demolished behind the play by Carlos Salcedo. Um, if you go back and watch the game, you might notice that kickoff takes a couple of seconds longer than you would expect. I'm pretty sure there was a VAR check being done there for whether that was enough of a foul to call the goal back. I don't think it was going to matter. I think this was one where they were like, it may be a foul, but it didn't affect the goal. So we're not going to overturn it. Um, Cause Gressel does just get decked. Um, he just gets thrown to the ground and he's like on the replay, he's seated. He's on the ground seated because not because he chose to sit down. Uh, it wasn't Julian Gressel thinking like, this will definitely throw them off. They'll be confused and they won't know how to act. Um, no, it's because Carlos Salcedo ran into the back of him and knocked him over. Um, I don't want yeah, to see that Ted Lasso season three, by the way. But like a, a creative a creative tactic of just yeah. sitting down to confuse just somebody sits down, confuses everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, from there, I think DC kind of lost their way a little. Um, I think TFC also, TFC's had a rough start to the season, so I think they needed something to go right. And in a moment where it seemed like they were in some trouble, they suddenly had something go very right for them. Um, I think it gave them a lift. And from there, I, I mean, I don't think DC deserved to lose the game, but I feel like 1-1 would have been all you could ask for. Um, after the game, Losada said, I, th- I think he was willing to stop himself from saying we deserve to win. Um, I think he was frustrated that they didn't deserve to win um, as much as the fact that they didn't get the result. I think he was also frustrated that they couldn't carry the good early stuff further into the game. And in fact, never really got going again, if we're being honest, like the second half, no. they didn't really do all that. They did okay. Um, but they didn't do all that much where I'm like, you know, wow, what a, what an unlucky defeat. It's like, well, if you give up a corner, if you give up a goal that easy on a corner kick in MLS and you don't have a big offensive response to make up for it, you probably will lose pretty often. Um, even if yeah. the rest of your game is fine and it was fine, but not good enough to overcome a big, one big bad play. Yeah, and then in the 53rd minute, um, DC basically loses a 50-50 in midfield, and Toronto sends everyone forward very quickly, and Brad Smith just gets caught ball-watching as the ball's crossed to the far post, and uh, Jonathan Osorio was running on Smith's back shoulder, and he he had some work to do at the back post to get it on yep. frame, and Bill Hamid maybe could have done a little better, but you know, at that yeah, point, the, it's you know, you don't want to have to rely on your keeper crossing the entire face of goal, um, yes, to, to face an unmarked shooter. Like, you can't blame right. the keeper for that. You have to shut down the cross or, and you have to get on the shooter, and we didn't do either, and that's how the second goal happened. Yeah, I was just gonna say, it's like we love seeing Bill Hamid make those kinds of saves, he makes them a lot, but. He made like you said, you can't, 
Right. But you like sometimes people like he, he'll only save so many. Sometimes people, any goalkeeper will. Sometimes you've got to cut them out so he doesn't have to face as many shots. And, me, and you biggest, know, well, go ahead. I was just going to say, I was going to throw in that um, from the point of that goal being scored onward, DC only took uh, four shots and most of them were pretty low percentage. Edison Flores had one chance, you know, just before he came out, that was a little bit better, but that was it. Um, they didn't really have much of an answer for, um, you know, TFC playing the, you know, after the game, Losada said that he he referred to their formation, Toronto's, as copy-paste uh, to DC's. I personally saw it more as a back five for them rather than back three. Um, I think that's where they were setting up their wingbacks were more defender than uh, winger. Um, but once they got the lead, there was no question about it at that point. They said, you know, we're, we're going to shut this thing down. They kind of went away from the box midfield into more of a – the old, you know, I, I mentioned it as an empty bucket and people were like, Oh, Bob Bradley in that empty bucket. Um, <laughs> the difference being that he was playing with five defenders behind it this time. So it's five defenders plus two holding midfielders plus your wide midfielders are sort of tucked in narrow. Um, they like effectively a little, um, and they effectively congested the game. Um, you end the match with DC playing, uh, like a weird four, two, four with, Stephen Birnbaum as a center forward, um, which is why, you know, it's Gressel coming in and Alfaro coming out. Um, it's to allow them to kind of only really play a back two. Um, if you think of Nahar and Smith as becoming the wingbacks at that point. Um, but that didn't really change anything either. Um, and it's kind of a, it's a little frustrating that, you know, Flores had to be, you know, Flores was subbed out and I don't know that the team really lost that much in the equation with, you know, Congrats to Ted Cudi Pietro for making his debut um, at the MLS level. That's a, that's a big deal. Um, but DC is going to need more from, you know, Ted Cudi Pietro coming in and the level, not dropping very much when Flores uh, comes out means that a kid just signed out of the Academy and who was playing in Loudon last year uh, is having roughly the same impact on the game as a guy making millions of dollars. That's a problem. Yeah. I think some of that speaks to the biggest issue on the night um, for me anyway, which was execution. How many crosses did we see Julian Gressel put behind the goal? How many times did we see Brad Smith hit a pass, an entry pass basically into the final third that was two yards off of where it should have been? Um, Just things that professionals shouldn't be doing. And Gressel talked about it on Z Soccer Pod this week mm-hmm. how he was not at the level that he finds appropriate. He, I think he, he literally said like, yeah, I was crossing it behind the goal and that's, that's not good enough. And so he, he's happy that they're going into this international break now because he, he can hit the training field a little harder and figure out what's, what's going on there and try to fix it. But the execution was just, so off on especially yeah. in the critical moments you know we saw the marking on the two goals we saw um just so many times united had bodies they had the ball in an advantageous position and they just missed past it misplaced the pass mm-hmm. and all of a sudden instead of threatening toronto's goal you're scrambling and trying to prevent a counter back the other way and 
those those moments of execution were were everything in this game. Yeah, uh, well, there's a there's a perfect kind of summation of this. There's a moment uh, I want to say early in the second half, maybe even before TFC got their goal, where uh, Smith had gotten around his man. He got his head up. He picked out. Um, it looked like a run from Ola Kamara um, that was Kamara was going to be open. Um, and the ball in, or maybe it was Roberta. I'm now maybe mixing two plays up, but the point is a center forward, um, had peeled away from his man. It was, it was a for, for Brad Smith's quality, a pretty easy service to play in. And he just overcooked it by enough that there was not even a play to be made on the ball. It just went straight out of bounds for a goal kick. Um, not even close to being attackable by anybody. Yep. Um, and it wasn't a ball that got caught in the wind because it was a driven cross. It wasn't anything like that. He just mishit the ball. Um, he just hit it with too much power and, and the trajectory wasn't right either. Even if he had gotten the power, right. I don't think the angle of that ball, uh, would have been useful anyway. Um, and that's kind of what, what was going on from really once the Pozuelo goal was scored, um, a lot of just a lack of precision, uh, all over, which on one hand, we know these players are better than that. So it won't happen all the time. This is not the ceiling of who they are. Um, so that's a positive. Um, and they had moments where they made the wrong choice and maybe had a better space to attack. Um, Smith in particular, I think had a few times where there was space for him to go at and get deeper and he settled for the earlier cross and, Mm -hmm. you know, Sometimes the early ball is good because the defense isn't in position yet, but the way the modern game is right now and with, with who DC had on the field, um, I think for both reasons, that deeper cross is the one you want. Um, unless the early ball is, is so obviously on, on this play that we're talking about, it was, but on a lot of other ones, like getting to the end line and getting a cutback in maybe allows Russell Canals to join the play and be an extra runner. Um, maybe allows the the backside wing back, whether it's Gressel or Smith coming in, um, allows them to be a potential option. Andy Nahar pops up in these positions. Like there was a point in, late in the game before the, uh, before Birnbaum got moved up front where Brandon Heinzeich was in possession about 19 yards from TFC's goal. Um, there are a lot of players for DC that have the freedom to get up and join the attack in these moments. But part of the thing is that you have to drive deeper into the, opposing attacking third and and get close to the end line if you're going to be a team that needs to cross a lot they better be cutbacks more than anything else yes um dc needs to cross less and they need to create better quality crossing chances i think in this game maybe some of the frustration is that the moments were there for them to create they may have still ended up crossing a little too often but the moments were there for them to create better crossing opportunities um and that's where it feels, especially in the second half. And I feel like Losado was frustrated after the game and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't touchy with reporters or anything. He was just like, you know, the sec- first half, I was pleased with a lot of what I saw. The second half, you know, not not so much. He didn't even really want to talk about the second half too much because I think he was still, it was still so fresh that he was that irritated because he knew that the team kind of let themselves down. You know, they made, quali- the quality wasn't right and or the decision-making wasn't right. And that's how you let, frankly, the, of the two teams, DC was, I think, substantially the more talented 11 on the field. Um, this is not, like, this was kind of a gimme game because this is pre-Insigne TFC. This is still early in them adapting Bob Bradley's approach. Um, 
this one was kind of a a game that you should be picking up a win and DC left those points on the table and it comes down to more than anything else. They let themselves down, Um, which is, you know, you can correct it easily. That's good. But also we're now going to sit here for two weeks with uh, the last memory of the team playing is this game where they let themselves down and lost to an inferior team. Yeah. I, I want to be very clear. DC United, the players, the coaching staff, they, they lost this game. However, I do want to shout out the ref who had some, frankly, insane non-calls in this <laughs> game. Um, Pozuelo put his cleats into Russell Knauss' face yeah. and walked away with a yellow card. I don't know how that's allowed to happen. I don't know how VAR doesn't it's, say. It's literally um, not allowed. Oh. Yeah, it, it, that, is, that is, if not violent conduct, that is jeopardizing the safety of an opponent. Uh, you, you very clearly spelled out on the yeah. opponent's eye. That's not allowed. And and Knaus after Knaus after the game, like someone asked, I think Steve Goff asked him, you know, what were your thoughts on that play? And he's like, look, I haven't seen a replay, so I don't know exactly what the whole thing looked like. But he's like, I know that his foot made contact with my forehead. I have a bump, and he's like on camera pointing at his forehead. He's like, mm-hmm. I have a bump like on the middle of my forehead. He hit me. Um, he's like, so. To my line of thinking, it kind of has to be. He's like, but again, I haven't seen the replay, so I don't want to speak too harshly. So, you know, very diplomatic from Canals for someone who got kicked in the forehead. Right. Um, it's one of those where right. if it were a diving header and it was at waist level or below, you're putting your head into the foot zone at that point. And if someone is swinging at the ball, it may or may not be a red card. But this was shoulder height. Like yes. Canals ducked his head to head the ball, got the ball. And Pozuelo is just wildly swinging his foot at head level. If you make contact with someone's head at head level, it's got to be a red card. Mm-hmm. Nigel Roberta yep. gets pulled down in the center circle with by the last defender. He would have been one-on-one with the keeper with no defenders within 30 yards of him. Not even called a foul. I don't understand how that happened that, uh, either. That, that one I have, I, I don't know. I, I thought initially that he might even be calling Roberta for the foul for maybe initiating the contact. Um, that one, the fact that he, it's the play's turning up field so quickly. I was kind of like, well, I get it. Um, I feel like both sides felt like they had suffered a foul in that moment. Um, but yeah, the, the kick, the kick to the head is just, it's so yeah. stone cold. It, it's like, I, I couldn't even bring myself to be that mad at the time. Cause it was like, <laughs> I mean, this one's just so obvious. It's like, yeah. What's the point of even being mad? Yeah. Um, Nigel Roberta also had a penalty shout that you're not going to get on the road. You're not getting that call, especially on the road in MLS. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not sure that there was, was a foul, penalty, but I think yeah. he got. He, I think he got tripped. I think Pozuelo. It was Pozuelo again. I think he it, tripped Pozuelo again, and then he tripped his teammate immediately afterward. Pozuelo was yes. on one in this game. Yes. There was another. There's another moment in the game where he could have gotten a second yellow as well. Uh, yeah. I'm not remembering the specific thing, but uh, um, he he pulled down. I think it was Griffin Yao. Um, yeah, because yes. somebody else, yes. somebody else got booked Jonathan on the play. Osorio got a yellow for kicking the yeah. ball away. Right, and it um, was it, it didn't make any sense because it, it, especially with how quickly the ref was out with the yellow, I didn't even realize Osorio had kicked it away. I thought it was a second yellow, and then he was well, just allowed to keep playing. Well, you know, because the broadcast also didn't didn't catch that. I think at first, so yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, 
it's it's frustrating because on one hand, I think DC maybe deserves to stew on this one a little bit because they kind of caused their own downfall um, with some of their own stuff. But at the same time, you do have, you know, Alejandro Pozuelo getting, should be getting a red card. Um, what is that in, you know, was, two minutes in the second half. half. Time. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so straight away into the second half, um, you should be up a man and TFC loses their best player. Um, that's a big problem. Um, the, the Roberta one, if, if I'm surprised at least that there wasn't like a brief VAR check on that, um, yeah. just to be sure, because it was two guys, you know, at full speed running into each other, basically. Um, there's a lot that could have gone on in this game. Um, I do think though, that DC needs to, you know, if they're going to be better this year, then this is a game where they don't, they should be good enough to have done the thing without, yes without these things but it sort of doesn't help to lose a 2-1 when the game is probably even in most departments and yeah, you're looking at like when you have a talent advantage yeah you have to do the work so that the referee doesn't sure. come into play but, they but it sticks it sticks when one of your players gets kicked in the face and yeah. the other yeah. guy gets to continue playing um we're i mean we're lucky that canals like got to it was okay to carry on um yes. yeah. that he didn't end up with a broken nose or a concussion or or you know getting hit in the eye or whatever it was there's a lot of things that can go wrong it's your face if it was uh, at there's lots of in the face he would have been out for several weeks right lots of tender things on that face yeah you need it you need it so not the best game of uh refereeing i think we've seen uh in a while um and and i have to say i like i don't want to rake Rami Tushan over the coals too much, but this is not the first time that I feel like we've come away from a Tushan refereed game and been like, wow, that was pretty bad. Um, someone someone should have been sent off for violent conduct, etc. And just we're stuck talking about it because it didn't actually get done. DC United now go into the international break, which I think all but six MLS teams are off this week. For some reason, there's three random games. Of course, well, because it's MLS, you, you gotta choose. have a random game. Um, they got some stuff to work on during these two weeks. Mm-hmm. Their next game is April second against Atlanta United, and then they get another week off after that. Because, well, speaking of things we need to teams need to work on and needing games for that. Um, DC United's. Uh, Originally scheduled April 9th match against NYCFC has been moved to Wednesday, August 31st, which creates a nice three-game week there in the, the height, the, in the dog days of summer. Uh, the, the game was moved to accommodate NYCFC's CCL, CONCACAF Champions League, semifinal uh, against, uh, I, I assume it must be a Liga MX East team because why else would you be be moving it for the advantage no it's it's against seattle both seattle and nyc had their games moved so that they could play against another mls team it's ridiculous i'm sorry this is dumb this is this is a bad move by mls like i understand trying to advantage your teams because you need to beat liga emekis i get that this this is this is ridiculous it's it's moving it's it's playing favorites, honestly. Like it's saying Seattle and NYC cannot be bothered to play you proles. I think Cincinnati is the one whose game against C- Seattle got moved. Um, 
you guys have to deal with schedule congestion later in the busiest time of the season so that these two teams can have a break now. It's absurd. It's, it's stupid. It's absurd. It's wrong. And, yeah, and I, I, this is, this is a joke. Yeah. I, I feel like we are past the time that MLS in the leagues, leagues maturation that MLS can just do these sorts of things on the fly. If they want to have their teams have more, uh, uh, space in between CCL games, then negotiate that with the other uh, leagues uh, that participate. But you can't advantage some teams and disadvantage others materially in your league competition by doing this. Like, like I was hinting at, or not hinting at, saying directly out loud, like it'd probably be nice for DC United to have a full week of rest in the early season and then play a game to try and continue to figure things out rather than giving them another uh, three games. in. I think this one's three games in seven days, actually. I think it's a Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday uh, that they now get better. Yes. That they now get in August. Um, And I did the numbers. I think it is just under 40% of DC United season will be in July and August. Whereas to get to the same number from the beginning of the season, you have to go, uh, end of February, March, April, and half of May before you get 40% of a season. Yeah, it's it's aggravating. Um, I'm not surprised by it at all. Uh, no, I thought all surprised. along that if NYCFC made it that far, that that was a game that was in danger of getting moved once the, the schedule came out for all of these things because MLS, for reasons I understand but also don't, think are actually going to hold up is really invested in the idea that if they win one CCL, it's going to change everything. Um, I don't think it's going to change very much. Um, I think the kind of person that wants to watch uh, Man City on the weekend and doesn't care for MLS is doesn't care at all about the CONCACAF Champions League. It will not make <laughs> any difference to them who wins it. I think fans of Liga Emeki's teams that are probably more aware of MLS than your Eurosnob group. Um, I think they are not going to give up on a lifelong affinity for a team in Mexico to suddenly take up uh, supporting Seattle or NYCFC the, because they the, won one. The CCL. Seattle Sounders specifically. Um, it's it might make a small difference, and I think MLS should do everything they can to win the Champions League for competitive reasons. Um, but I think the league is motivated more by an idea of a fan that doesn't exist, which is a type of fan that will jump aboard because they won one. Um, but they've been moving teams like this for years. This has been yeah, going on for a while, and it is sucks. That this does nothing to actually accomplish winning the CCL by an MLS <laughs> team because you are moving MLS games to accommodate a CCL semifinal between two MLS teams. Yes. If, if the bracket were, were rotated 90 degrees, essentially, and it was Seattle versus Pumas and NYC versus Cruz Azul... I would have less complaint about it because it would actually be accomplishing something. I wouldn't like it. I think it would be, I think it would hurt DC United specifically, but there would be an actual benefit. There is no benefit to the league from this move because it's advantaging two MLS teams against each other. And that's it. Like it doesn't actually help MLS win the champions league. Yeah, I mean, I, I think ultimately 
you know, Ben Ben said playing favorites, and that's what it is. Um, yeah. And that's just, it, to some extent, you know, when I think DC has, in the distant past, playing in the Champions League, had uh, the occasion of a game being moved uh, later in the year. And my thought then, which was not very uh, kind or compassionate towards the other teams in MLS, was like, if you want your games to get moved, be good enough to get in the Champions League. Otherwise, this is your pro- this is part of the problem of being not as good. Um, so right. if I were a Seattle fan or an NYCFC fan, I would probably have the same attitude. Then, like, if you guys want to have games moved in your favor, get up here, get get up here and do it. Um, which is not not going to help DC one bit because now the schedule is that much more daunting at the worst time of year to be having a daunting schedule. Um, yep. you know, it's, it's funny how quickly we went from the schedule seeming far more humane, um, to now, like Ben just said, you know, I think that was 14 games out of the 34 yep. in the two hottest months of the year. Yep. Not, that would be a- not super humane anymore, is it? Um, and we're not <laughs> no more humane than last year. And we're not, but, and we're not even getting into the fact that DC could have open cup games to jam in there somewhere yep. as well, because the open cup is going on tonight. It's it's back for the first time in a couple of years, which is great. I'm yeah. very excited about it. Um, but it might that number might climb to 15 um, because of this. So, yep. um, yeah, I, I think this the arrow is, go, Jason. Uh, the arrow always goes up. Um, you can <laughs> always play more games. Um, no, I, I think MLS. I'm sure that this complaint was made to them by DC and, and by if it's Cincinnati, that is the other team with Seattle. Um, and I'm sure they were like, that's great champions league. Um, and that was kind of the end of it. Like, I don't imagine it was even thought that deeply about by the league. It was champions league, champions league, champions league. Yep. And that was the end of it. So right. unfortunately uh, DC is going to be the, the team that pays for that. Um, I believe this game is at least being played at Red Bull Arena rather than Yankee Stadium, which has been utter hell. Rather than City Field, the game wasn't going to be. At Yankee oh, that's right. Stadium. This was this was, was City that's Field. right. Um, well, so okay, so but it's been rescheduled, but it's not being rescheduled for Yankee Stadium. Correct. Um, Correct. So if I can offer anybody a tiny silver lining, it's that DC United doesn't have to go play a game at Yankee Stadium that we know of yet. Um, that's good because DC going to Yankee stadium is a nightmare every time. So not doing that playing at Red Bull arena, it's a real stadium with a real soccer field that has like actual dimensions that are legal. Um, (laughs) Maybe that's not great news either because NYCFC is extremely good and playing them in a more conducive soccer environment is good for them as well. And you don't really want to help them out, but um, at least it's not Yankee stadium. Uh, some other news. Toxifontas is here. He His signing Maybe. is official. He is not coming in July. He is here now in the District of Columbia, or at least in, in the DMV. Um, DC United paying four hundred grand or so to Rapid Vienna to get him out of his contract early, bring him over. Uh, he will, if not... Av- if he's not available for the Atlanta game because he's got to wait for his visa, his work visa to come through. Um, he could make his debut April 16th at home on buzzard point against Austin FC. So look for him soon. He'll have a few weeks here to train with the team and one fewer game to, to worry about because of that NYFC game <laughs> moving. Yeah. Um, but this is good. This is, yes. I think 
an unbridled good thing um, to have him in, especially given some of the execution in the final third that we saw in Toronto. So hopefully he yes, can get it'll... there. If if nothing else, he'll provide a little bit more danger in front of goal. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see once he. Uh, we've been talking about this all off season, and we'll continue to talk about it until he gets here. Is who's he going to replace on that front line? Is it him? Is it him versus Flores in a battle of the two most expensive players? Is it? Uh, does he go in for uh, Roberta? Does he go in for Kamara? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it's I. I assume Michael Estrada will be back uh, yeah. in, in in camp by the time Fontas is able to make his debut. So mm-hmm. it, we, we got competition up front, and that's good. Um, Always good. Hopefully it brings out the best in everyone, and also we, we see some good, interesting, and difficult-to-stop combinations out of this. Yeah, uh, and, and what's interesting about uh, Fontas is that we're not – we're not getting a player who has played the entire full European season who needs a like, he'll probably not be able to play 90 minutes every single game because they will at some point have to give him enough of a break built in that he gets some downtime. He's not doing the like 18 months of nonstop soccer. Um, but the good news is that when he gets here and his visa comes through, if he's, if he doesn't have any knocks or anything, the reason he hasn't been playing at rapid Vienna lately is mostly because he was trying to force this move to happen. Um, right. So as of now, there's no known reason for him not to be able to hit the ground running in late season form, um, which is good. Uh, it means that he's not having to um, join the team and, and do the onboarding of the tactical side, but still build himself up physically. It's more the other way around. The physical side's fine. Um, if he can catch up to speed on the game plan and the way he's supposed to work and, and building some combination with the team, it should be quick. Um, this is something that Lucy Rushton mentioned when I got to talk to her was that um, they did want to try and find a designated player who came from a pressing background. And I think we talked about this a while ago when the signing was first announced, how multiple teams he's played for have been teams that have made a like an intentional full-time commitment to pressing. Um, most of his career was under contract with Red Bull Salzburg. He didn't play for Red Bull Salzburg. They loaned him out a bunch as a teenager, um, but that's where he was. And that's a team that is only interested in pressing. But if you can't high press, they're not going to sign you. Um, so he has been at pressing teams for quite a bit of his career which means he should be able to figure this out pretty quickly, um, which is another big positive that um, hopefully he can make a big difference in terms of the quality around the attacking third, because that has been a big part of the, the thing that's lacking for DC has just been, um, I mean, I still think they're not, they don't have the thing they need the most, which is they need one more dribbler still. Um, I do not expect that that's taxi's game. Um, but that doesn't mean to say that they couldn't also use taxi quite a bit uh, as part of their front three, uh, improve the movement off the ball, um, improve the combination play, the technical ability. Um, the finishing uh, has not been super great this year either. So all of those right. things are really good, and it seems like he should plug in pretty quickly, and we should be able to expect pretty big things. This is a designated player, the highest paid player on the team, um, you have every right to sit around and be like, I want to see this guy scoring goals and making assists yeah. very quickly. And also DC needs that. 
uh, yes. if we're being honest. They need I, I do want to see that end for, I think, very obvious reasons. One last piece of news before we get out of here. Uh, some guy named Abdul Bilal Hamid was called up by Sierra Leone. Um, I, I don't think we have any clarification or confirmation on this from him or, or DC United on what this means, but something to keep an eye on. And whatever he does, I'm in support of it. Basically I'm on Bill's yeah. side. This is, this is a weird one because I have talked to DC about what's going on. Um, because Bill played a gold cup match in 2017 against Nicaragua specifically. Um, and gold cup, the gold cup is a competition. It's not a friendly. So in FIFA's eyes, it's like playing a qualifier or a world cup match. It is your cap tied. And he played the full 90 in that game. I mean, if he played one second, full 90 doesn't matter. He played in that right. game. Um, and so what DC said was that, um, according to us soccer, it's not a, a, a true or a, um, a good, what's a good word for this? It's not an official call-up. It's not a call-up that's legal. Uh, yeah. Um, now, uh, U.S. soccer does not dictate whether someone can play for another national team or not, though. That's just their position on the matter. So there may – this is the unanswered question I have, which is, like, is FIFA going to, to intervene or not? Um, I personally think FIFA should not intervene and that Bill should get to, at this point in his career – get to play for Sierra Leone. Um, right. I and think it, that it's, would be very, great. it's very interesting. It's interesting that U S soccer seems to be at least tacitly helping him try to accomplish that through there. Oh no. See, I take it the other way. Um, oh, yeah. I think they do not want him to play for anyone else. They want to make sure he stays cap tied. I think not, not because they're trying to make sure he stays eligible. Cause I feel like unfortunately and incorrectly they've moved on. Um, they've stopped viewing him as an option for reasons that I think yeah. are incorrect, but that's, you know, I don't control any of that. Um, I think it's more of a precedent thing that U S soccer doesn't want other players that might still be in the frame and have that one cap that cap ties them. They don't want them to consider playing for somebody else um, in case they end up getting back into the picture down the road or whatever. Um, so I think that's their thought process. But again, this is not U S soccer. Like U S soccer doesn't adjudicate this at all. Um, all they can right. do is if FIFA is like checking their records, like, Hey, can you confirm that he played in this game in 2017? And they'll say, yeah, he did. That's really all they can do. Um, yeah, I, I feel like there should be a method for someone in Hamid's shoes to get to play for another yeah, they should, team. They should explain but that like, doesn't exist. It, no. Yeah. I feel like there should be like a, a veterans committee, like closer towards the, uh, end of your career, uh, one time switch option. Or, if you've played, you like been under... called in for X amount of time, yeah, yeah, and you have like less than had... less than three caps for that official caps for that team or whatever. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, even if you don't make it purely objective, just allow for an appeal. Yeah, yeah. Um, where, where at this point, and then that allows you that hypothetically would allow U.S. Soccer to even do the solid that Ben was talking about which would yeah. be them being like, yeah, at this point, we're probably looking elsewhere. Um, with his age, we're not going to come back to him anytime soon. So we would be okay. Like, But the, FIFA doesn't have anywhere near the kind of creative thinking or the like interest in the good of everybody um, right. because they're, they're FIFA. They are the, the world's premier sporting cabal, uh, which is not great. Um, right. And so instead, what will probably happen is they'll probably say, 
you can't play for Sierra Leone, and that's the end of that, um, which is no good. Yeah. But that's how FIFA works. I was hoping to end this episode on a fun, quirky note. and You had to bring FIFA into it. Yeah. Instead, I'll just say I, I support Bill in whatever Bill wants to do. Uh, yeah, that, that, is, that is my position. Uh, thank you all for listening to this episode. Find us at blackandredunited.com. Uh, if you want to support us financially, you can do that at patreon.com slash filibuster. And uh, as a special treat, I say special treat, we do this every week. Our Patreon supporters do have early access to our next episode, which is an interview with or a conversation with Matt Doyle from MLSsoccer.com. Uh, we talked about the Eastern Conference, uh, storylines happening in the league, uh, his favorite teams to watch. Like There was some good stuff in that conversation that we had with him. So if you support us financially as a thank you, you get early access to that. Everyone else, you have to wait until Ben decides you get it. So that's just your, your, you, you can, you literally buy your way out of that. Okay. So uh, <laughs> anyway, find us on Twitter at filibuster DCU for the podcast at black and red U for the website. I am to at two zero two AMT. Jason is at Jason DC soccer. Ben is at Bromley soccer. Uh, so make sure you go follow everyone on Twitter. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, advertising inquiries are especially welcome at all times, but you know, we also take listener questions and comments and whatever else you want to email us. We'll read it. We might not get back to you, but we'll read it. Um, download, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. I'm told that that five-star ratings are very helpful and written reviews are also very helpful in letting people find this show so also please do that. write a letter to your write write a letter to the editor of your local paper yeah do that and and <laughs> cc us on that filibusterpodcast at gmail.com uh also please just tell a friend about the show word of mouth has always been and will always be the best advertising so uh do that for us and we will be eternally grateful for jason and ben i'm adam we'll talk to you again real soon say goodbye jason It is not allowed to brace the winch.